Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Sunday, happy Easter. I hope everyone has a great day. Uh, back up here in Michigan, it's actually somewhat decent, thankfully. You know, might peak at 70 degrees, so it's finally getting somewhat of that uh, touch of spring. For anyone that's from the Midwest or Michigan, for that matter, definitely we uh, <laughs> we don't get a spring break. It's basically just kind of like a summer and winter kind of thing. Uh, well, we do get a touch of fall, which I do appreciate. But with that being said, I hope everyone has a happy Sunday, happy Easter. But with that being said, um, let's jump right into it. The NFL released their schedules, and per usual, I always check my Steelers and a couple other glass around. And I'm looking at, you know, New England supposedly, when it comes to the power rankings of the schedules, New England has one of the easiest schedules. So, and you look at it in a sense, yeah, I can somewhat sympathize with that. You know, you look at their own division, it's really not, you know, it's not New England's fault, you know, so, excuse me, Miami picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick, so that's going to be interesting how he works things out. Um, You know, he's he's one of those hot and not kind of quarterbacks. The Jets, they're still rebuilding. Yeah, they got Le'Veon Bell, but that's... That's about it, really. So that quarterback, that's you got Sam Darnold there. I mean, granted, as a Jets fan, I guess you can be somewhat skeptical. It was his rookie season, so we'll see how uh, Jets do there. Buffalo, him and uh, Josh Rosen and the whole nine there. Who knows? But nonetheless, I don't see how New England doesn't wrap up that division title yet again. Um. They do have a strong, you know, they start out strong. They got my Steelers Sunday night, so prime time. And that's going to be a defining moment for Pittsburgh, I feel like, fresh out the gate, you know. Uh, during all this this squabble and all this drama that I elaborated on with A.B. and Le'Veon Bell, and that went on all this past season of 2018. And, you know, just the drama. Hopefully that's one and done now. And looking at Pitt, it's a hefty schedule. Um, you know, their their divisions are going to be tough. You know, on paper, as and we're going by predictions as you know, as we see, as if the whole entire roster is healthy. You know, we'll see with training camp and practice and preseason. Assuming that everyone is healthy come regular season, this is how I see things fit. New England, I believe they'll go. I, the way I'm looking at it, I think they'll go 11 and five at best. They'll go 13 and three. Um, Pittsburgh, I'm still iffy on. I'm I'm pretty harsh on them lately. You know, losing A. B. Le'Veon Bell, no doubt. That's it's a solid loss. The Le'Veon Bell, I'm not too, you know, I'm not too threatened by, considering the fact that one, he didn't play last year. James Conner filled that role perfectly. He was close to a thousand yard, a thousand rushing yards. He missed about two, two to four games, give or take. And he's he's shown that he can be versatile. 
Although he's mainly, he is a power back for the most part. He's a bigger, he's a bigger guy compared to Levon. Um, he's shown that you know he can be versatile when it comes to receiving as well. He had about four or five hundred yards receiving as well. So he'll, he's most likely going to be a top five back when it comes to drafting, drafting come fantasy season. With that being said, Juju Smith-Schuster, no doubt he'll be probably he might be a top three, top. F- Definitely top five. He might be top three. It'd probably be him, A.B., and probably Julio Jones. Now, with that being said, here's where things get interesting. You know, how does this play, this game plan work for Pittsburgh? So you lose your two components in that high-powered offense. One we've shown that we can't, that is replaceable with James Conner over Le'Veon Bell. Now, with A.B. gone, We'll see how things Juju uh, adapts to this new role as the key wide out, their go-to guy for Big Ben. With that being said, um, you know, A.B. was drawing a lot of attention off of Juju, so that's going to play a factor. I'm looking at the wide receiver core. You know, perhaps maybe James Washington can fill that that role. You know, he's a youngin'. He's just about second year in now, I believe, out of Oklahoma State. But with that being said, eh, it's a possibility. So, you know, we'll see how things adapt. We'll see, like I said, we'll see how things come around later on. And we'll see how things play out there. So, Sunday night, New England, Pittsburgh. Um, Man, you know, <laughs> for the past two years, you know, ever since Brady hit that 40-year-old 40, 40 mark, people saying he's going to fall off a cliff and... He's not showing signs, really. You know, he's, the man's still playing at a very high level. He's doing it like no other quarterback has done before. He's doing what Manning couldn't do, what Favre couldn't do. You know, he's he's been able to uh, keep up and fight against Father Time itself. So it's very impressive and, you know, why he's the GOAT. With that being said, you know, New England... They did lose Rob Gronkowski. He is retired now. So they did pick up, uh, I believe, Demarius Thomas. So that's uh, that's a very big pickup for Brady in that offense. So I think Sonny Michel, their running back, he had a, I thought, personally, I thought he should have been the MVP of this their past Super Bowl. Um, he stepped up big time for them in that Super Bowl. A uh, lot of carries. So we'll see, we'll see how he fits that role as well. So, but like I said, uh, Gronk—that's that's that's hard shoes to replace, no doubt. So, um, Brady, Brady in New England and Belichick, man—they they work like clockwork. They just constantly just reload, reload, reload. No matter what, it seems like they can pick anyone out of the stands and make them amazing. You know what I mean? So. Edelman, Ed, Julian Edelman will be back, so they're going to obviously, you know, they feel the need that they can make another run for it. So Brady, he's at, what, five Super Bowls now? So we'll see, you know what I mean? So uh, looking at New England's schedule, they, after Pitt, they got Miami. But the thing is with Miami, like if it's if if it's Miami at New England, it's it's pretty obvious I always take New England, but some particular reason every year when New England travels to Miami, they always struggle. 
So I think, you know, it's going to be a split. It's going to be a split season, you know. So Miami just, whenever New England plays at Miami, it's a total different ball game. It's not exactly Brady. So I I have that, se- that series split already. Miami always has a home field advantage and just something Brady playing in Miami, it just something ain't right there. So with that being said, you know, that's one division loss I'll give them. Then they have the Jets. That's a dub. Then the Bills. That's another W. Then then they got Washington. You know, Washington, who knows? They Kirk Cousins, I, I don't know about that. Or, um, or was he even Kirk Cousins? I lose track of the roster sometimes. Players move around so much nowadays. But looking at it, you know, Washington, they haven't been really relevant since RG3 era. Ever since then, when he got hurt, he fell off ever since that injury. So we'll see how things uh, develop there in Washington. I don't see how they have much hope there lately. Supposedly, uh, Washington is eyeing up Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, but who knows how that uh, draft develops. But excuse me, it's Alex Smith and Case Keenum. Kirk Cousins, uh, Minnesota. He's <laughs> still in Minnesota. My my fault. I'm still thinking that you like that kind of meme that he did back in Washington. But Alex Smith, I mean, he worked out solid in San Fran for a little bit, and then they picked up Case Keenum. So I don't know what kind of if there's a quarterback battle there in Washington. But New England definitely, I see them having no issue against Washington. Then they got the Giants. Giants sometimes give them a battle. Again, that's another primetime game. I believe that's a Monday night. Um, hey, some particular reason, again, just like Miami, Eli has this kind of spell over Brady, but that's just when it comes to Super Bowls. This is a different Eli. He is aging. He's uh, He came out of the same draft class as Big Ben back in the 2004 draft class. So though both men are getting up there around, I think, 36, 37. So either way, you know, I think New England, you know, they'll they'll get that W. The Jets again, prime time again. Um, you know, they'll they'll take it out. The, I don't see the, how Sam Darnold can be a threat against New England. To be honest with you. Uh, then Cleveland, Cleveland will be an interesting one. So a lot of skepticism on them. Uh, I think a lot of people do. It's like myself, like I said, on paper they look great. You know, uh, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, God, who else? You know, they're just, they, they made some moves. So we'll see how things develop in Cleveland. And by far, on paper, I think the AFC North is the toughest division by far this season. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. I mean, you, you look at the rosters of all those teams they got some solid players, and, you know, Baltimore, they're kind of rebuilding. They got a young squad, but, you know, now that they picked up Kareem Hunt as well in Cleveland, I mean, it's, uh, they they look like a solid team, you know, almost in a sense like a powerhouse. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Miles Garrett, Duke Johnson, he can make some waves. He's solid when it comes when they need the short yardage for a touchdown, so, Cleveland, it's going to be interesting. You know, Baker Mayfield, he's a very young, motivated quarterback. He's he's not your typical Johnny Menzel. He thrives on, you know, 
being the underdog. He that's been him since Oklahoma, since he was his days in Oklahoma. Um, so yeah, uh, it's you know he, I can't excuse me. I thought he was gonna be a bust, no lie. But you know he's proved he's proved myself and a lot of people wrong, and I give him a mad proposition for that. He's definitely turned things around. He's definitely uh, raised some eyebrows in Cleveland. Good for them, because truth be told, you know, Cleveland Browns, you know, we all know their history and their franchise. It's been poo cheese. And so they're still, they've been rebuilding forever. And God knows how many quarterbacks that went through from 2000 to now. I mean, you think all the quarterbacks, I mean, good God, from Luke McCown to Cordell Stewart to uh, God, I'm trying to think to my, to Johnny Menzel to uh, God knows I don't know how many. It's just the list goes on and on for quarterbacks in that position in Cleveland. It just seems like when a quarterback goes to Cleveland, their quarterback just withers away and just it's just a s- slow death of their career. Um, so yeah, um, we'll see, man. I mean, <laughs> uh. But definitely, if I was a Cleveland fan, I'd be definitely hyped. I'd be somewhat, you know, hesitant. Like I said, on paper, it looks amazing. But we'll see how things develop, especially with the coaching staff and what they got going on there. So it's one thing to have all the key components, you know. You got the knife, you got the fork, you know, and all that. You just don't have the steak. So we'll see how things develop there. Then they got the Baltimore. I think Baltimore is going to be a tough challenge for them. Again, another late game. I think the Ravens, you know, they're building around. They got their, you know, they have an idea of a system for Lamar Jackson now that Flacco's gone. Lamar Jackson, solid rookie outing, solid campaign. So, you know, I think Harbaugh, uh, John Harbaugh is going to have, he'll he'll have his quarterback. He'll look out for his quarterback. He'll make him feel comfortable. You know, they made the playoffs. They won the division title last year, so they have a lot of momentum running running into the season. They saw what they, you know, their potential, what they can do. They'll look at the, the you know, the tape of, you know, what we can do and can't do with this young man. So definitely Baltimore, they're going to be a tough challenge. Their defense has been consistent for the past 20 years. So we'll see how things go there. But Baltimore definitely going to be a tough challenge. And again, like I said, the AFC North, it's going to be no joke. You know, Baltimore, I think it'll come down between Baltimore and Pittsburgh again. I think, honestly, I mean, Pitt might, I think they'll struggle. I think they'll go 10-6. and six. Um, Some people are saying that, you know, they'll be motivated because of this, you know, this drama in the offseason but I don't know you know so Tomlin has see everything's to be on Roethlisberger and Tomlin now some you know supposedly you know you get all that negativity of uh Levon and uh Tonio out of there but you know truth be told Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger are also part of the blame so now that they supposedly got that negative uh, atmosphere out of their locker room, it's going to be on them. You know, media's going to be on them. So we'll see how things go. But I think looking at Pitt, I personally, I think 10 and 6. I, you know, but uh, it's just, man, that division, it's, it's just so stacked this season. Uh, Cleveland made their moves, Baltimore. 
since he didn't really make a lot of woes and miles in the offseason so far we'll see how their draft stocks out but looking at Pitt's schedule I mean New England I'm not they did beat New England in the regular season last year so maybe you know this could be who knows uh but I'm gonna stay, you know, I'm gonna stay real. I think they take the first L. And then they got Seattle. Seattle's gonna be a tough one as well. I mean, uh they re-signed Russell Wilson to extension, so he's very underrated quarterback, top five in my opinion, right now in the league. So, but I think they could steal one out of Seattle. Seattle's still lacking the running game, so then they got San Fran. We'll take that. Then sent then the Bengals. That's a you know, that's at Pitt home game night game uh you know uh it's a monday night game i believe so i think they'll take that so they'll start out three one the first four games then they got baltimore i think baltimore will take the first round and then the chargers you know philip rivers you know again same draft class as ben and eli manning 2004 and i thought for sure san diego would have that would be this past season, I thought that was going to be their year to win the Super Bowl. It should have been, but Philip Rivers started off late against the game against New England, and New England just rolled them, basically. So it's just, I don't know, Philip Rivers is just one of those good quarterbacks that just couldn't quite get there to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So they did have that one era, you know, where they had a LaDamian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, yeah, they had a solid roster. Their defense was even solid too. To you know, to uh, Sean Mer- Sean Merriman. So, San Diego was the team back in you know mid two thousands. But again, they had that hump when they couldn't get over New England. So, but with that being said, like I uh, it's I say New, uh, New England. They go eleven and five at best, thirteen and three. I think Pitt. They'll go 10 and 6. And even then, even then, I think they're going to be fighting for a wild card. Because that Ross, the, the, that division of the AFC North is going to be that tight. And I think, personally, as much as I hate to admit it, I think Baltimore repeats a division title. And I, uh, I think Baltimore, you know, they... It's going to be different. You know, I think Lamar Jackson, he'll have outstanding season. Um, so we'll see either way, you know, um, AFC North is the toughest division by far this, this upcoming season. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a, like the wild, wild west basically in the AFC North. But with that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break and you are listening to injured preserve podcast. Welcome back to Injured Reserve. So now that I went down a little bit of the AFC North, New England Patriots, my Pittsburgh Steelers, now it's time to take a look at good old Michigan's own Detroit Lions and how the NFC North compares out. So looking at Detroit again, you know, first I got up again, you know, I made another mistake just like I did with Baker Mayfield, you know, um, <laughs> The thing is, 
With Chicago, the Chicago Bears, first of all, Matt Nagy's done a phenomenal job there in Chicago. The, the roster that he's been able to do and win that division is last last season is phenomenal. You know, Trubisky really shined last season, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. You know, picking up Cleo Mack definitely helped him significantly. Um, you know, their roster, they're very young, and they're not very, you know, you, you can't really pick and choose like a superstar, really, per se. But, you know, Matt Nagy's done a phenomenal job there in Chicago so far. And I think I think Chicago repeats another division title, to be honest with you. I don't see the lines, you know, I don't see how Matt Patricia does anything. I think they'll go six and ten, seven and nine at best. You know, it's just the lines, you know. Stafford, he's just like I said before, he's just a good quarterback, but he's not he's not worth the contract that they gave him. You know, and Chicago's just, you know, they're a very well-oiled machine. Green Bay, they have their drama. So I think, you know, again, it's going to be like Pittsburgh and with Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin, as could be like with this new head coach out of Mount Pleasant, Michigan, who did coach under Sean McAvey during his time with the Rams. Uh, I can't even think of his name right now, but he's a he's a Mount Pleasant Michigan uh, hometown guy. Uh, he went to Western Michigan, played there. But being a young being a young coach and then trying to coach a veteran quarterback, I just don't see how that chemistry is going to roll. You know, and all this again, more drama with Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. They're falling out, so. I just don't see how Green Bay does anything. I think they go eight and eight. I think Chicago goes. I think they go eleven and five. To be honest with you, and then Minnesota, God, Minnesota. It's odd with them because one season they'll go five and eleven, and then the next season, you know, they're right up there fighting. You know, between a three and a four seed come playoff time. You know, nobody expected to, you know, with that the Minneapolis miracle, Case Keenum and Stephon Diggs, you know, in the NFC NFC Championship game or whatever, you know, when they made it there two years ago, beating New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees and Sean Payton, that, you know, that last minute Hail Mary. So it's just Minnesota, with them, it's iffy. It's very odd. One season they're 5 and 11, and next season they're 11 and 5. Like they flip flop constantly. They're very, uh, they fluctuate. They, they fluctuate franchise. Like who knows with them? So it's hard to tell. But honestly, I think they'll go, they'll be somewhere bottom of the barrel with Detroit. That's my pre prediction right now. Chicago. They're, you know, they, they're very under-the-radar team. And I think they're going to be under-the-radar team this year as well. There's going to be not a lot of talk about them this year. You're going to hear a lot of New England. You're going to hear a lot of Dallas. You're going to hear Pittsburgh. You know, you might hear San Diego here and there. But other than that, you, might, you know, you'll hear Atlanta. Um, you'll hear Philadelphia. But you never hear, you know, Chicago. It's always one or two particular teams per season that come out of nowhere. And that's why perhaps, you know, who knows? It could be Cleveland. They could be the dark horse. But 
right now the very under the radar team very underrated is Chicago they didn't get the respect that they deserved you know so uh with that being said you know Chicago I mean I mean hell they were one field goal away from advancing in the playoffs that you know they missed that the field goal kicker missed it and that was it the end of their season at Soldier Field so he doesn't miss that field goal you know you know they go on to what the divisional round so NFC the NFC North Chicago division title yet again repeat Detroit Lions 6 and 10 Matt Patricia I didn't like the hire they should if they would have kept Jim Caldwell I'm talking a different conversation right now if they would have kept Jim Caldwell honestly I think Detroit they would have made the playoffs last year they should have kept Jim Caldwell, but I thought they they did him dirty. So they moved on too quickly from him. That was the best coach they could have had in a minute. And then they go on Matt. They go to Matt Patricia because some particular reason people that coach under Bill Belichick people have this fantasy that he's gonna bring that same type of playbook mentality, and it just doesn't work. You can't duplicate something that's already been done. Yeah, there's only one original, and that's Bill Belichick, the man in New England. So Matt Patricia, he's he's I don't have faith in the guy. He's not gonna do anything different. They'll go six and ten. And they'll probably Detroit will keep him another season, then they'll boot him and they'll go on to another coach. So and then Minnesota, again, like I said, they fluctuate, but I don't I don't have faith in Kirk Cousins. Another quarterback that's been you know, it's highly overrated and overpaid like a Stafford. Too too much money. They, you know, they give the man, you know, he has one, two good seasons. And it's like, oh, my God, we got to give this man top 10 quarterback money. And he doesn't show the development. So, and then Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, he's, he can't take criticism. He can't. Uh, he he does not like the media. He can't. If anyone says anything bad about him, he it gets under his skin. It crawls under him like Kevin Durant. You know he's he's a diva. You know so he's just one of those guys that you know he should expect this. You know being a quarterback, all eyes are going to be on you. He needs to be a man and start taking accountability and responsibility. But the fact that this man still holds a grudge against Mark McCarthy because at the time Mike McCarthy took Alex Smith over him um, you know I think when he was at San Fran or however that story worked out he held that grudge ever since you know what I mean so whatever draft class it was I think like 05, 06 he held that grudge still to this day against Mike McCarthy because he took Alex Smith it's like, man, you got a whole, first of all, you know, you never know, you know, how certain scenarios are going to play out. You, you got to understand it's not a personal thing when it comes to the NFL draft. You see someone or something that you think is going to better their franchise and you go, you go with it. So it was never a personal thing. Aaron Rodgers decided to make it personal. You know, when they got Mike McCarthy, he's been, you know, been a little kid, mad at him, pouty ever since. So Aaron Rodgers, he, you know, it's like his grudges. It's like a flat tire. It, his attitude. It's like a flat tire. 
It's like you can't expect to get anywhere unless you change it. So they haven't been since Super Bowl in about, what, nine seasons now since they beat Pittsburgh in Super Bowl 45. So, and even then, you know, they they had a solid defense. A.J. Hawk, Clay Matthews, Charles Woodson. So, and they had a Greg Jennings. So it's just, you know, <sighs> grudges aren't going to get you no, they're not going to get you far in life. Can't be staying self-righteous and bitter all the time. Things happen, especially, you know, when it comes to professional sports. It's not personal, it's business. And that can work both ways. You know, when it comes to players uh, or, or the franchise. And that's why I hate when fans, you know, get on players' cases when they say, and it's like, you know what, I want to go somewhere else. And I hate when fans get mad at the player. But when a franchise trades a player or releases them, then they're not mad at the owner. You know what I mean? So it only works one way. So fans need to understand and players need to understand is that when your teammate or your player on the team wants to go somewhere else, don't hold a grudge at them. It's like, okay, that's fine. You gave, you gave, you know, you, you, you played your ass off and you want to go somewhere else. It's like an Anthony Davis scenario right now. Fans are mad at him because he's like, you know what? I want to go somewhere else. I, I did what I could here. You know, I, I gave you my best time and I see this franchise isn't doing anything else really to improve it. You know, he's holding the baggage in which he really was. And fans are mad at him and they shouldn't be mad at him. He did what he could. He wants to go somewhere else. He's his own man. Let him be, you know, so, but unfortunately, uh, some teammates may not agree, you know, same thing with Pittsburgh, I, you know, I understood it, AB, okay, he wasn't happy in Pittsburgh, okay, bye, (laughs) but then some reason, he keeps bringing up drama over this Twitter feud and gets on Juju Smith-Schuster's case, and it's just like, you got, you got your contract money, you got an extension, you got guaranteed money. I don't know, you 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 went somewhere else, like, I don't get, you know, I don't get why you're still mad, so, either way, uh, teammates and fans need to understand when a particular player isn't happy in a particular organization, and they tried their best, and they want to go somewhere else, don't be mad at them, you know, it's, sometimes it's just time to move on, so and that's, it's understandable. It's not personal towards the, you know, the the franchise or the player. And the owners need to understand that and the coaches as well. But with that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break. And you are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Welcome back to Inge Reserve Podcast. So I was having a discussion with one of my co-workers the other day. And I was more, you know, possibly get, you know, you know, I'd be more than happy to hear other people's opinion on this as well. Please feel free. 
uh, when it comes to, you know, music, I listen to everything, right? Um, I, I listen, you know, rap, rock, country, R&B, it don't matter, you know? If it's my kind of taste, I, I don't mind it. If it's catchy sometimes, even then. But also depends on the type of vibe, the type of mood, you know, the type of setting, you know? You know, if it's like you're out with the boys or whatever at the club, you want to hear, you know, some party music. I get I get that. But it seems we were on the discussion discussion of the genre of rap. And and I was saying it's no doubt the most popular genre in the entire world. Uh, But I'm just trying to I was saying on how. The content is kind of a dying commodity nowadays. You know, the mainstream, I don't, I really don't even listen to, to radio that much anymore. Uh, the content is just not my type of thing. Maybe it's just part of me just getting older. But there, I find myself, the older I get, I find myself enjoying these new age uh, rap artists. I only listen to basically... <sighs> The same artists that I listened to in high school, in a sense. You know, more of the mid-2000s. You you had your UGK. Uh, Southern hip-hop was kind of a big thing. You know, uh, UGK, TI. Um, you know, uh, God, I'm, I'm blanking out right now. Andre 3000, big boy. You know, and Southern rap was kind of a big thing you know even some of the rappers nowadays that from the south are still underrated trade the truth zero you know and i still i'm still listening to artists from high school like a big crit you know from the freshman class of like 2000 on the xxl magazine um personally you know i i've been more the nine excuse me the 90s old school I love, you know, all-time artists is Tupac. I'm, yeah, I love Naughty by Nature, uh, NWA, <laughs> um, <laughs> Notorious B.I.G., uh, Dr. Dre, Eminem. But then I found myself, you know, the new artists I also, you know, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, Logic, um, again, Big Crit. And kind of think of it, that's really, you know, only the new age artists that I listen to. Um, and even then, they're not really new age now. They, they, they've been doing this for a while. So it's just like, I really haven't listened to anyone that's new that come. I'm not, I don't, I don't really care for, you know, the 21 Savage or the Migos or Lil whatever. You know what I mean? It's just, it's meh. And even then, you know, there's some songs that are catchy. I won't say that. Like, I don't mind it. But it's just, it's not something I go out and buy or I'll go out and listen to. You know what I mean? So, it's just, like I said, is it part of me just being old? Being old you know? <laughs> but uh, if, my, if I had to set a playlist, you know, it's just, how can I say this? I'm trying to find words that I can't find. It's, you know, it's the new artists, my new artists, uh, like Logic or Kendrick or J. Cole and Big Crit. That's about it, really. 
I never got into Drake. Drake's been around for since I was in high school, and I never, I never cared for his music. And I really tried. And you know, it ain't for everyone. It's acquired taste, I guess. But Drake's never been, you know, someone. I, I, I listened to his album, and I tried. I even tried Scorpion just to give him a second go around. I'm just like, I don't, I don't see what the big thrill is. To be honest with you. Uh, you know, you get guys that get all this radio play, you know, and it's just, I don't see the big hype behind it. So, uh, it's not like I'm hating. It's just like, it's meh, you know, it's not my type of thing. I'm, you know, it's like I said, it's acquired taste, I guess. And I appreciate more of the content. If anything, I don't mind the catchy songs and the party rhythms, this and that, but I like a good story or, you know, you know, I like things that for the most part have meaning. So that's just me. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just in it, it, it. I show it shows maybe it shows more appreciation for the older artists that I listen to, like uh, like Ice Cube, who, you know, recently released his album a couple months back. So or Eminem when he dropped his album. So it's just, I don't know, it's, it's cool to see my artists that of old <laughs> are still dropping material, you know, every once in a great while. Um, so yeah, I don't know, it's just maybe, I just wanted to hear other people's perspective on it. Uh, I'm an old head. Uh, if I had a playlist right now, top five, no particular order, I'm not saying they're the top five all time, but... It'd probably be Tupac, um, J. Cole, Eminem, oh boy, Big Crit, and then number five, I'd probably say, I guess I'd probably put Logic in there, I guess, but, and then a couple honorable mentions would probably be like Ice Cube, or um, probably, I can't even think of any right now, probably Dr. Dre, but, but again, you know, it goes back to like, I like Machine Gun Kelly, <laughs> but not a lot of people like him. Maybe it's because his beef when he had with Eminem or even prior to that. I don't mind uh, Machine Gun Kelly. I like his stuff. I, I didn't even mind Rap Devil. I thought it was solid, but <laughs> I knew when it came to the beef with Eminem, you know, once M dropped that kill shot, I'm like, well, that's over. I think a lot of people knew. Most people, most rap fans know like Killshot was a dead shot when it, you know, he finished off to MGK and that was it. But um, either way, you know, I guess, like I said, it's an acquired taste. So, but with that being said, I hope everyone has a happy Easter, happy Sunday. The sun is finally coming out and about. So, Um, I hope everyone has a great Sunday and uh, God bless.